Alright guys, I'm back with another whiteboard and today is kind of an important one because this question has arisen throughout my entire career and I've seen a lot of videos on it. Usually not from the horse's mouth though, usually from other people who are trying to guess or think they know kind of where the numbers are and how bodybuilders make their money. So that's what we're going to talk about today is how do bodybuilders make their money, why do you see bodybuilders with nice homes and nice cars and all this other stuff. And this question kind of arose because a few days ago I posted on my Instagram that I got a new car. And I immediately got a slew of DMs from people saying, you know, how do you make your money? Where do you get the money for that car and all this stuff? It was a Jeep Trackhawk. It's not a cheap car, not a really, really, really expensive car. Um, but, you know, I mean, people want to know how do bodybuilders pay for these things that they're buying. So I'm going to try and go through and give you the details of how my financial situation worked out so that I'm not going to talk about other people, you know, will guesstimate about what other bodybuilders are making stuff, but this is primarily about me and how my career has gone. That way I'm not, you know, we're not going to speculate about this or that. I'm just going to tell you how I got to where I am and kind of how I made my money and you guys can figure out that that's kind of how it works for all of us. So hopefully this will help you guys kind of understand how things work. So first we're going to start with all the different ways in which we make money, right? So we have contracts, we have coaching, like online coaching. Um, some people are personal trainers, like in the gym. I never did that. I just did the online coaching thing. I did the personal training thing for a very, very short period of time, but found that it wasn't an effective way of spending my time since I was trying to bodybuild myself. So I focused on the online portion. And then we have uh, merchandise sales and we have guest appearances. Those are pretty much the four ways in which I made my money coming up and uh, those things allowed me to get have the lifestyle that I have now. <clears throat> so first let's start with contracts because that's probably the most significant portion of a bodybuilder's money if they're successful. So contracts now are not what they used to be. Contracts before the 2008 crash were probably more readily available and easily handed out and also there wasn't classic and men's physique was kind of new so Bodybuilders were just getting the brunt of all the money to represent the companies. So this is how my contract situation started out. My first contract was just supplements. I worked for a company a long time ago and they would give me supplements and they would give me clothing and they were like, you know, you represent us and this and that. And at the time I thought it was great. I'm like, okay, this is how bodybuilding works. I'm going to represent this company and they're going to give me supplements. And I use the supplements. I didn't, I, you know, I never lied about anything. Um, and that was my thing. And after I got to a certain level, I thought, okay, you know what? I'd like to start making some money now. So I asked those people, you know, can I get paid? And I don't think I asked for much. I think at the time I was like, can you guys pay me like $500 a month? And they didn't want to. So I left. I said, okay, you know what? I, I, this isn't going to work for me. I need to make some money. So I don't want to do this anymore. So I went on to a new contract. And when I turned pro at the time, things were different then. At the time, if you turned pro, it kind of meant that you were going to start making money. So when I turned pro, I got my second contract and I was with Muscle Tech. And Muscle Tech had came along and they picked me up and contracts are good then, so I started out at 50K a year. Um, $50,000 a year going from nothing just to lift weights was absolutely incredible to me. I was like, you know what, this is, I've made it, this is my life, this is what I want to do forever. Uh, four grand a month is awesome. I can live on that, right? Back then I had no bills, no no house, I had a one bedroom apartment I was paying rent on. It was great. So this was 50 grand, my first, my first contract, my first real money contract. From there, I moved on to another company after Muscle Tech. I think they let me and like a whole bunch of people go because they signed Phil Heath and Phil Heath cost 
a fortune, so they were like, had to let go of some of the lower placing guys or lower on the totem pole guys. So I left and I went on to SciTech. SciTech paid me 80 grand a year. I'm like, okay, well, I left Muscle Tech, but I got a raise. Life is good. And I was a little bit better. I had a little bit more notoriety at the time. And so it was worth, for them, it was worth it to pay me the 80 grand. From there, I went, to, went on to a couple other companies. Um, I ended up at the 90K mark. I think 90K was the most I ever made, not including bonuses, because a lot of the contracts for bodybuilders have supplement, uh, sorry, have contest bonuses in them. So uh, some companies, for example, like if you place first, they might match your winnings. So if you get 10 grand for winning, you get the company will match the 10 grand, or they'll do something like where uh, third place is $2,000, second place is $3,000, and first place is $5,000 for a bonus. So I ended up actually making more than 90K with that company because I won a couple shows that year. So uh, they matched my winnings. So I was good, right? So that was, this is the bulk. Now from there, now I own Hostile. And Hostile is my supplement company. So this number here is unlimited. I represent myself. I do my own company. I formulate things the way I want to. Uh, we put out the best products possible and hopefully this, you know, the sky's the limit and we're going to grow and grow and grow and that's the plan, right? So that's the history of my contracts and where the, that money came from. Now, while this was happening, I was doing some online coaching. And one of the things that people have to understand about bodybuilding is it's not like a regular job where you can go and, for example, I use this analogy all the time. If you become an engineer, for example, right? You go get a degree and you become an engineer and you work at an engineering firm and that's your job. It's stressful and you gotta be great at it, but that's your job, right? And you get a check and that's it. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to work any other side jobs. You're gonna get paid a healthy amount to be an engineer and that's your focus. In bodybuilding, it's different. We don't have pensions and it's not necessarily enough money that you can live off just one thing because even this 90K, right? You gotta imagine a lot of that's going back into the sport whether it's in terms of uh, gear or in terms of food, in terms of tanning, uh, gym memberships. I got like four gym memberships. Uh, there's a whole, you know, gym shoes, gym clothes, like all the stuff that involve, is involved in training all comes out of this 90 grand. So you're not really sitting on 90 grand as if, as if you're like, if you're an engineer and you're making 90 grand, you're making your 90 grand and you're living a normal life. You're eating normal, you're eating normally. You're not spending three grand a month on food and all this shit. So it's a little different, right? But for us, this is not enough because a lot of it's going back into the sport and you want to make more. You also don't have a pension. So you're thinking about after your career, right? So you need to make as much money as you can while you're doing it. So the online coaching thing became a focal point for me. Now when you start, you're not, nobody knows who you are, right? So you're just trying to get people on board. You're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to help people so that word of mouth can travel and you can start charging more. So at the beginning I was charging $100 a month. $100 a month, come work with me, I'll help you, I'll teach you what I know, I'll teach you what got me. Uh, at this time I was starting, I, I, think I, I think I had, I was at the national level at this point. So I'm like, you know, I won a couple shows, I can help you win shows, $100 a month. After I had a few clients and people were, word of mouth was getting around that I kind of knew what I was doing, I was able to increase it. So my second rate was, 250 a month. So it's charging $250 a month. That's for off-season coaching. And the thing is, you're not working with one client, right? So 
this hundred dollars or this two hundred fifty dollars, I might have ten clients, right? So if I have ten clients, now this is twenty five hundred dollars a month. I'm adding to my, I'm adding to my pay, right? So, you know, fifty thousand dollars a month this is like four grand a month. Four grand a month plus this twenty five hundred. Now I'm making sixty five hundred dollars a month. Sixty five hundred dollars a month at twenty four years old is pretty good money. Right? I didn't have much bills. I had one bedroom apartment that I paid rent for. I had a car that was pretty cheap. So $6,500 a month, I'm like, I'm, I don't live in a really expensive city, so I'm like, I'm living it up. The life is pretty good. And then this 10 clients became 20. So now I'm making five grand a month. I got 20 clients in the off season, I'm making five grand a month. I'm like, shit, I don't know if I even need to compete. I mean, obviously five grand is not enough, but at the time I was like, this is a lot of money, right? So I'm like, okay. So this was very, the online coaching thing can be very lucrative if you're good at it and you really care, right? And that's why you see so many people doing the online coaching thing. Now, some are shit and some are really good and the people that are shit get weeded out and they lose their clients and the people that are really good do really well and they go on to charge more. This 250, I know coaches are charging $400 a month, $500 a month. I mean, I don't know how many people are paying for that, but some of the better coaches are getting away, and I shouldn't say getting away, are worth $400 a month. You know, if they have 20 clients, you're making $8,000. You're making $8,000 a month just from clients, right? And then you have to add, when I was doing this, I had contest prep. So that was their off season was a 250 a month, but when they got ready for a contest, in the beginning for this, this amount here, in the very first rate, I would charge $1,000 a month. So if I had three or four or five people getting ready for contests, that was $1,000, not a month, sorry, it was for their prep. So I would, these five people getting ready for three months, I would charge them $1,000 and that would be their, you know, I'd make five grand and that would be their three months. Now, after that it moved up, so I started charging 1,500. If you're really good, some coaches, like some of the top, top coaches, charge $6,000 for a prep, right? Like, I'm not gonna name any names, but there's some top coaches, they charge six grand for a prep. So you use a lot of money to be made if you're good at what you do, right? The average price for a contest prep is usually 15 to two grand. Even at the top, most of the coaches are charging two, possibly three. Uh, the odd coach can get into like the five, six range, depending on who it is, right? But $1,500 a month, if you have 10 clients going to a show, you know, you just made 15 grand. So there is a lot of money in coaching and it's a good way to supplement your income. And if you really learn what you're doing, really learn how to diet people and learn how to help them train, you can actually make a very good business even without all this other stuff. You know, see, you see a lot of people like uh, Chris Tuttle, AJ Sims, um, um, Justin Harris, uh, Ben Chow, uh, you can go down Dorian Hamilton. You can go down the list of coach John Meadows. I mean, all of these, Chris Aceto. There's a list of coaches that don't do anything but coach and they make very good livings because there is a lot of money to be made there, right? So this is how I did, I supplemented this, right? I helped, I helped get nicer things in life because I had this as a base and I had this coaching thing helping me out. Now, I didn't want to do I didn't want to stop there. I was like, you know what? I got to make more money because what you start to think is where am I leaving money on the table? It's not about I need more money. It's almost like 
there's more money to be made and I'm just letting it sit out there and I'm not bothering to go get it because I'm lazy. So I was like, how can I not be lazy and how can I get my ass out there and earn those dollars that I deserve? And that's where the merchandise came in. So I started with t-shirts, right? And in the beginning, nobody really knows you. I was at the national level. I'd come up with my first t-shirt. Nobody really cares. I was probably selling three to $500 in t-shirts a month, right? And that's not, that's sales. That's not profit. So if I'm selling three to $500 a month in sales, I might be profiting 20%, right? 30% depending on the margin. So if I'm selling 300 bucks, you know, I'm leaving with, I'm, I'm going home with a hundred dollars, right? So that was okay though. I, I was like, you know what? Cause it was kind of twofold. I'm like, I'm getting my name out, getting the t-shirts out, getting my brand out, building my brand as I go, and I'm making a couple hundred bucks on the side. So it's okay. Cause the building the brand part was my long-term vision. I'm like, gotta build the brand, gotta build the brand. And now it's paid off because now I have hostile, right? So this thing was always kind of in my mind. So from there, throughout the years, by the time I got to selling t-shirts before the supplement company launched, I would say maybe a couple of years ago, I was selling t-shirts. I got to 10 to 15 grand a month. So on 10 to 15 grand a month of t-shirts, now a lot of people are wearing your clothes, your brand is out, you're advertising. I'm making a little bit of profit from a couple grand coming in, two, three, four grand coming in every month in profit. I'm like, okay, this is worth it. It's working. I'm advertising, but I'm also making money. So this is, it's a good addition to this. Now, from there, there's also guest appearances. As I got better, and as when I turned pro and people started, started to get a little bit more notoriety, guest appearances started popping up. So the first time I had a guest appearance, I charged $500. Because nobody really knows who you are. It was kind of local. The guys were like, hey, we want you to guest pose. I had to charge something because I'm like, I'm a pro and pros charge for this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, I need $500. And they're like, cool. So they paid me $500. I went and did it. Now, as I got more notoriety, as I got better in the sport, and as I uh, accrued a better support base, I started charging $1,500 per appearance. And I could charge that because I knew I was going to get people at the shows to come see me guest pose. So I knew I was worth $1,500. And those aren't. I didn't do a lot of guest posing. Some people do a lot more. Some people guest pose once a month if they can. So you can make, you know, 500 to 2,500, even more if you're really good a month if you're guest posing enough. I mean, you would see Jay Cutler go from city to city to city to city to city. And Jay's not charging 500 bucks. Jay char Jay's charging 5,000, if not more, right? So that's a lot of extra money that you'd be leaving on the table if you didn't get out and do guest appearances. At the height of my career, I ended up doing $2,500 per appearance. So I would go guest pose. I didn't guest pose, like I said, not that much. I would guest pose like three, four, five times a year. So it's next to 10 grand. Let's say, let's chop it up to 10 grand a year. So when you add everything together, I don't do online coaching anymore, but let's say at the height, at the height of my career, there was, here, let's, let's clear space. All right, so there's, contract at 90k right then there was coaching so the coaching i was probably at the height i was probably coaching about 20 people and they're charging and i was charging them 250 a month uh, maybe i ran a sale for 200 a month so let's just say let's just say 10 people at 200 is two grand and i was doing 20 so four grand so four grand a month 
That's another $48,000 a year. So let's just say 50. So that's 50K a year, okay? Then we have the merchandise. At the height of the merchandise is doing 10 to 15. Let's just say 10, we'll go on the low end. That was a month, so 10,000, that's $120,000 a year. So, but that's also sales, not profit. So if we're gonna go scale that down, take 30%, now we're at, let's say, let's say, just let's just say 30, let's say it was 100 grand a year, we'll say it's $30,000. $30, so that's another 30 for merchandise. And then at the height of my guest closing appearances, I maybe did three or four a year, let's just say two to go on the low end, so five grand. So 5K. Now, if you add that up, I got 140, 170, 175. So I got $175,000 a year at the height of my career. Now, a lot of people say there's no money in bodybuilding. Let's just be honest with each other for a minute. I was a second tier bodybuilder. I was never a top six at the Olympia, right? When you say second tier, usually people when they say second tier, they mean outside of the top six at the Olympia. Usually they say it's between 7th and 12th, right? So at the height of my career, I was probably in that top 15 range, but never in the top 6. So if I was a second tier bodybuilder and I was making $175,000 a year, that's a pretty good living, right? So when they say there's no money in bodybuilding, are they really being accurate? Or when they say there's no money in bodybuilding, do they mean it because they're too fucking lazy to go get the money? Right? You have to be able to hustle. You have to be able to get out and earn the dollars that are there. They're there, the money is there. The dollars are out there. You have to be able to go earn them and, and tell people why they should give you their money. Why should the client that wants to look better give you his $250 a month? Why should the supplement company that you wanna get paid $5,000 a month from, why should they give you that $5,000 a month? Why should the promoter that wants to bring you in for an appearance pay you $2,500 a month. Are you worth it? Are you going to bring $2,500 worth of fans to the place? Um, why should your fan buy your shirt? Is it good quality? Did you pick out a nice shirt? Did you do a good design? Like, is it shit quality? Did you just pick the shittiest shirt you could find and slap your name on it and send it out? No one's going to buy it, right? It's quality. People want quality, right? So you have to go out and get the money. You have to hustle and you have to tell people why, but the money is there, right? Here it is. So there's the one thing that matters in all of this that we haven't talked about yet because people are like, well, the money's there, you have to go get it. Okay, I can go get it, right? But why, why was I able to get it and why was I able to, how was I able to get people to buy into who I was, right? And that's, why does anyone want to pay anybody? Why does a company want to give you a monthly salary? Why does somebody want to buy your t-shirt? Why does somebody want to come to you for coaching? Why? It's name recognition. Name recognition is number one. And then I'll tell you what's number two after. But how do you get the name recognition? Name recognition comes from work, right? Putting in the work and putting yourself out there. If you're one of these people that wants to sit at home and not make any videos and not do any photos and not put out who you are and not be yourself online and not, you're never gonna get this name recognition, right? There's very few people, unless you're a phenom, unless you're amazing at what you're doing, that are gonna get this name recognition without putting themselves out there more. I mean, you look at, okay, let's take the very, very top dog. Who's the most, most popular person on YouTube right now in podcasting? It's probably Joe Rogan, right? Why is he the most popular? He's really good at what he does, but it's also volume. 
You know, every time you go online, there's a podcast every single day, sometimes two. So he's building that name recognition. He's been doing that for 10 years. He built this name recognition. But the name recognition is not just, I found all these little tricks to get followers. No, the name recognition was built with work, consistency. These two things, work and consistency. That's how you get name recognition. Why is anybody watching your video? Oh man, that guy squats like crazy. That guy's workouts are super intense. That guy's cooking videos are awesome. They help me uh, in my own kitchen. Oh, this guy's nonstop. He's constantly working. He's constantly putting up videos. He's constantly training. He's constantly, it's work that you're doing every single day for years and years and years on end and then the consistency that comes with it. You can't work for uh, six months and then take three months off. All those people that were invested just disappeared. They, if they're invested for those six months, they wanna be, they wanna know that you're gonna be there at month number eight, month number nine, month number 12. You have to be there. That's where the consistency comes in. That's where the money comes in. That's where the company's gonna pay you the money because the company doesn't just go, well, he was really good for six months and now I haven't seen him post anything in the last like three months. Or the person that's your client is in your coaching is like, well, he was a really good coach for a month and now I haven't been able, I haven't been able to get a hold of him for two weeks. That's how you lose clients. So it's work, it's consistency, it's, it's constantly being on top of these things and constantly hustling to get the money. Nobody's gonna pay you just because you look pretty. There's a lot of pretty people out there, right? Pretty isn't do shit. Are you pretty with a good work ethic? Are you pretty with something to say? Are you able to connect with people? Are you able to connect with fans? Do, pe do people relate to you? Sometimes I think the fact that I was a second tier bodybuilder actually made more people relate to me because I wasn't the best. Because I was the guy who was fighting to be the best, just like everybody else is. We're all fighting to be the best. Right, so I think more people related to me because they're like, I relate to that struggle. Right, so, but you gotta put yourself out there for people to relate to you. And it's not once, it's, like I said, I put those t-shirts out, the merchandise. I put that, that t-shirt out when I was 24. I started with that shit. And I knew I wasn't making, people would say, oh, you're only making $100 a month. What's the point of doing a t-shirt? It's just stupid. Yeah, unless in your mind you know that that $100 a month is gonna be $10,000 a month one day because that's how you build a brand. Nobody builds a brand overnight unless you have deep pockets, right? If you have really deep pockets, you can create a brand and just advertise it everywhere. And everyone's like, oh, what's this new brand? I see it everywhere. That's a lot of money. That's deep pockets. If you don't have deep pockets the way most bodybuilders start out, it's time and consistency. Always being on it, always posting it, always letting people know you're there, always being there when they need you, always trying to help, always trying to give back. You have to be valuable. What is your value and how are you helping people? Because if you're not helping people, you have no value. Being uh, pretty is not valuable. It's valuable to a certain degree, but it's hard to build on, right? But if you have something you can give back, I'm giving people information, I'm teaching people, I'm helping people. Look at John Meadows. John Meadows puts out a workout video every single day. Why is he successful? 
because it's every day. Because everybody knows if I need a new training protocol, if I need advice with my training, I can go to John's channel and there's a new video up every day. There's a new formula for training on John's channel every day. That's work and name recognition. How do you think John Meadows became John Meadows? It wasn't just because he's got a gnarly physique and he's chiseled out of granite and he squats 500 pounds for reps. No, it's because he had a client base that was 200 people deep and somehow he managed to treat every single person like they were the only person on his roster. And he developed a reputation because of work, consistency, treating people right, and giving things back to the industry. And people started to connect John with value because they're like, he's always there for me. And he built that reputation to the point now where John's a household name in, the, in this industry. And that's why he's successful. And that's how you have to think about it. Because unless you plan on being Phil Heath, there's two things. If you plan on being Phil Heath, you don't got to listen to anything I say. Because if you're that good, all these things will just fall in your lap. You'll have a massive contract. You'll, I mean, you still have to do the work, right? But if you look that good, this is not as calculated. You just have to work in the gym. The rest will fall in your lap, right? If you're Phil Heath, which is one in a million, right? Um, if you have very deep pockets, right? If you got tons of money sitting around, you don't gotta listen to any of this shit because then you don't need a contract and if you're just trying to build a brand, you're just gonna go spend, 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 advertising, 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 your brand will grow, right? That's how you make that money. But if you don't have deep pockets and you're not Phil Heath and you're not beautiful, <laughs> then you got fucking work to do, right? I'm not Phil Heath. I don't have deep pockets and I'm not fucking beautiful. And it took all of these things combined to create what I have today. And, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm rich or anything like that, but I'm very comfortable and I'm happy with the life I've, I've built. But it took putting my hand in every single cookie jar. You can't go down one avenue in bodybuilding. If you do that, then people are right. There's no money in bodybuilding. And the people who say there's no money in bodybuilding are lazy motherfuckers because those people are the people who are expecting to get a contract for $500,000 just because they think they're pros because that's how other pro sports work. That's not how bodybuilding works. We don't get one contract and then move on with our life. No, no, no. You have to go to all the avenues and put your hand in every single cookie jar and take some out. And you put it all together and you build a good life. And you do that for years on end, right? Now, there's other things to how bodybuilders make their money. One, I live in a cheaper city, right? I could live in Toronto. Toronto home values are crazy. I wouldn't be able to have this home in Toronto. It'd be way too expensive. So I live in a cheaper city. That's number one. So find a place. Your living situation matters. Uh, number two, I've been married for 13 years. Stability matters, right? When you're single, you're out, you're vacationing, you're blowing money, you're fucking, you know, you're, if you drink, you don't drink, whatever. I don't know, but you're, it's, things are less stable, right? I've been married for, well, I haven't been married for 13 years, but I've been together with my wife for 13 years. We have a very stable life. We spend our money very evenly throughout the year and we have two incomes. So we have no kids and we have two incomes and we're both pretty successful and highly driven. So we put that together and we create a comfortable life. So. One of, the, one of the parts of this equation that's not on there is stability. And stability sometimes, not for everybody, stability sometimes being in a relationship, being married, 
this creates stability, right? All right, guys, so that covers a pretty long video. It's pretty extensive, kind of covers all the different areas in which uh, kind of I had to get through to navigate my life and my life in bodybuilding and make sure that I had enough money to live comfortably. So hopefully that guys helps you guys out. Hopefully it clears things up a little bit about how bodybuilders might make their money and where they make their money. Now, one thing you have to make sure you keep in mind, these numbers are all specific to me, right? Because everybody's going to be different. If you're some bodybuilders are going to make a lot less money, if anything, and some bodybuilders are going to make way more money depending on where they are. So uh, this is just my situation, how things worked out for me to give you guys kind of an overview of what one bodybuilder's uh, situation was like. And you can probably apply that to most, but like I said, just keep in mind, it's just mine. Anyway, hopefully this helps. Until next time, guys, I appreciate you watching the whiteboard videos. Check out hostile.com and always, as usual, live hostile. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe, share with your friends, and like the video. And if you get a chance, check out the description for all the different links to all the different places you can find Hostile and myself. And lastly, check out Hostile.com for our new line of supplements and all of our apparel and gear. Thanks again for watching.